Building Progress is a podcast from Builders Mutual where we discuss trends and real life events impacting the construction industry today. Our roundtable conversations feature a variety of engaging guests from contractors and vendors to our very own Builders Mutual experts. I'm your host, Katie Mariani, the External Engagement Manager with Builders Mutual. On today's episode, we're discussing a very important, but also very personal topic, mental health. According to a 2021 study by the American Psychological Association, nearly 90% of all employees across all industries think actions from their employers would help their mental health. What can you do to recognize these mental health issues within yourself or your team, and how can you improve this across your organization? Today, we are joined by two very special guests, Brandon Bryant, the current president of the North Carolina Home Builders Association and owner of Red Tree Builders, and his project manager at Red Tree, Ryan Kaczynski. They are here to not only share their own personal struggles with mental health in hopes it can open a line of communication and conversation amongst the construction industry, but also provide tips to help improve mental health awareness of both employers and employees. So let's welcome them. Hi, Brandon. Hi, Ryan. Morning, Katie. Morning, Katie. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Absolutely. First off, thanks to you both for being here and being willing to share this very personal stories. I think I'd be remiss if we started a mental health podcast and didn't say, how are you both doing this morning? You know, for me, I'm doing good. I, uh, Every morning, I try to do a little bit of meditation. So every morning, I've got to try to see where my body is, um, where my mind is. And so this morning, I did a, a good amount of meditation, a little bit of prayer, and, and, and hopes of being helpful on this podcast, because sometimes this can be a little more um, mentally straining than I've realized in the last year to just kind of talk about this. But the more you talk about it, the better it is. I'm doing great today. Today's a, a good mental health day for me. I was able to spend about... 45 minutes with my two little boys this morning before I hit the road, um, had a cup of coffee and spent some time with my wife. So it was nice to have that family time before I jumped onto the job site. So I'm really glad to be here. I'm really glad that we're starting conversations about mental health and construction. I think it's long overdue. So I'm really happy to be here. Great. Thank you. Brandon, why don't we just jump in? I think yeah. that you have a compelling personal story, and I'd love it if you could maybe share your mental health journey with us. Right on. Um, thanks, Katie. What I've, I think my story is continuing to be written. I don't think it's over with. I, I got the opportunity to share um, and got asked by the North Carolina Home Builder Association in partnership with the NHB, and I think Job Safety Institute. I think there's a lot of people involved in this. Um, but me and Gary Hill um, got to try to work through telling our story. And what does telling your story mean? It was went through a whole storytelling workshop. So a lot of times when you look back on your life, what you've been through, you never really think about it in the story or like self-reflect and like you kind of pull yourself out of the story. Somewhere, you know, in the Great Recession, not to get into too much of this is, but really in the Great Recession, I was struggling mental health. I was spiritual health, even probably even physical health, but very early on in the marriage, my wife was working out of D.C., eight hours away. The recession, I went from having a pretty thriving, very beginning construction company with employees, self-performing work, to literally we had nobody. Um, got them all a job with a framer that did a lot of work for us. And I stood around, and I was the only person there. 
Um, and I also had a wife who had a great job in DC and we had just got married. And now fast forward a little bit longer, we have a child, we're still apart. Um, marriage is tough when you're eight hours apart. Um, when you can't provide as, as a husband, I wanted to be providing for my family. Um, I think it's a natural instinct of men to be providers. So I wasn't providing. I was working part-time job at night for $10 an hour. Most humbling experience I've ever had in my life. I was delivering um, drugs for a pharmacy to uh, shut-ins, like people that couldn't get out into nursing homes two days a week from five o'clock to midnight. And that was um, all I was doing and trying to search for jobs. And But I always had the dream. Finally got an opportunity to get back into construction. I was selling land for a a company as their broker in charge and um, foreclosed developments. We bought a piece of land there. Great opportunity. We built a house. And we're, as we're building this house, it can be several more conflicts brought in my life professionally, personally. And then before you know it, I'm struggling at home, I'm struggling. Just the bitterness in my heart was, it was amazing um, how bitter I came. And, and there was a lot of like where I see other people might be successful. And it's just really, you know, you blame other people. And it, it hit his tipping point in the pack that I literally just seen, this is the end. Like, I don't, you know, I can't do this, but I've got a less than one-year-old daughter, brand new house, a very beautiful wife who then gave up everything to come and live here, gave up a great career in DC. I remember surrounding myself with some of my best friends. I reached out to them by text and at a low part of my life and went back to my mom and dad's house, sitting on the couch. And I can kind of remember me and kind of off you know, kind of out of the body experience and just trying to like really process what was I thinking? What was I really, I needed to make a change in my life. Um, fast forward to, you know, that's probably eight more years. You know, I think I got the ability to know how to deal with things. People, you know, God put people in my life to kind of help mentor me, give me, you know, resources, the toolkit necessarily, how to work through mental health, um, have these emotions. Here's one of the best things I ever was told. Um, emotions, treat them like clouds. Um, they come, they go, you look at them, you appreciate them, but you don't hold on to them. And you can't hold on to a cloud. But a lot of times we hold on to our emotions. We hold on to these things and it really will get us in a bit of despair. I got asked to start doing this um, through the North Carolina Home Builders. I met Dr. Sally, started just kind of talking through some things, she had asked really good questions. You know, what are you doing for preventive? Because that's really where we want to get. We want to get preventive. We want to see mental health as, you know, just like we do physical health. If you don't work out, you can tell a difference. And we really spend, Americans spend billions of dollars on physical, but we don't ever talk about the mental part. It's just important, if not more important. So she had asked questions about how that, heck, you know, how you can be preventive. But how are you actually, as a business owner, taking that down to your employees and to your uh, culture of your company. And we had went into a team meeting. I had a, a Zoom call with somebody. and It was a really, um, a lot of things were said in that call that I took personal, affected me greatly. And I just went straight into the team meeting. Didn't, didn't even take a break because I was back-to-back -back meetings. And it had just emotionally affected me, the things that they'd said and felt personally attacked. And I just told them, hey, guys, I'm not, I'm not doing good right now. I don't think I can even have the team meeting. I can't even be in this meeting, which then led the next week for me to tell, hey, here's some things that have been going on. My grandmother just passed away. I snuck into the hospital to go see her. That was how I had to say goodbye to her. My mother-in-law had passed away. 
and I hadn't really been mentally in our company for about two months. And then this had happened and it kind of just gave me, let me just tell you about everything that's going on with me. And then I would say, Hey, you know, you all should know that if you see me running on the streets about two o'clock during the day, this is one of the things that are really good for me. It um, clears my mind. Um, and there's sometimes that I, during the day, here's what I'll do. I'll take 30 minutes and just totally disconnect. What was transformational about that was within 24 hours, I'd had one phone call and one text from employees saying, I really appreciate you sharing that. Here's what's going on with me. Um, and they shared their stories with me. And so as a business owner, sometimes you forget we're all human. We have so much going on at home. We have stuff going on in so many different varieties of our life besides just the business. It isn't just come in, check in at eight o'clock, check out at five o'clock and, and business is business. You bring all that with you or, and even take work home with you. Um, and that's what one thing we're trying to do at Red Tree is try to find that work-life balance. We, we know what's going on with each other, you know, in our lives and we ask questions we try to give support we try to have uh, mental wellness days um we also try to just have our days off you know hey if you just ain't got it today that's fine with me um i'm you know i'm good with that but some days we don't have it and that may be not a physical thing but i'll quit talking because I, I could talk about this forever the most interesting thing you said though was you shared your story with your team because you had a call that affected your mental health state. So you had to share. It wasn't this big, giant meeting that you decided to have that was a mental health workshop. It was literally an instance that happened and you knew you didn't have it for them that moment and you had to go do something for yourself. So is that what changed for you? Is that moment, did like, take me through that moment that you felt like the need to share with them instead of just putting on that managerial face and going in and, and pretending the rest of the world didn't happen. It very much was that that moment, Katie. I think for me as a business owner, at least you have these agreements with yourself, right? And you don't even know where they come from. But my one of my agreements was as a business owner, I needed to make sure I had it together. People felt like that, you know, we're right in the ship. There was good leadership. Things were good. And when we know that a lot of things are not good, that like, oh, there's a rock there, right? And, and I had my things that I was doing, um, but I never shared them. And never thought like, man, they work really good for me. This might be helpful for my team. Like I'll share so much other stuff about, hey, green building or um, practices, time management, you know, all these things. But I never shared anything of like, hey, I know that every one of you are going through something. We all have something we're going through. And so it was that moment because I literally had to walk right in there and I tried to say 10 words and couldn't say it. And just finally, like I'm almost in tears and just breaking down in front of them. So it wasn't planned. You're exactly right. But then it, it, that was a big aha moment. And then that journey, we're a small company of 10, 12 employees. As a business owner, if you can open that up, people need that. That builds community. It builds a good culture of trust. It builds a, a, a family atmosphere. And in a time period where we all need to be caring about each other, construction, um, or any, any industry should care about the people that w- they work for. Yeah, it did kind of allow me to understand that there was importance to talk about my own and not make it look like I got it all together because I don't. Which is a great segue into Ryan. So Ryan, you're you're there. You're hearing Brandon talk about these yeah. struggles both days, right? So t- probably leaving that meeting and then also sharing the why behind leaving the meeting later on. How did that impact you? Well, it just creates this space of empathy, this openness within the company that I've never experienced in my like. In my life in construction, my whole experience 
in construction has been very top-down, domineering, male-dominated. I suffered, so you have to suffer. I had to figure it out, so you have to figure it out type of experience. And to see Brandon open up and be vulnerable, it, I mean, you feel bad, you know, because we're, we're all going through things. But it for me, it just solidified why I want to continue to, you know, work for him and be here because to have that open space, to have that communication, it's actually empowering um, to be able to be open, to be emotional, to express how you feel. And I think in the long run, you know, it, it's, it's better for, for our mental health, for our well-being. It was, uh, for me, it was a moment I'll never forget to see someone open up like that. And because that's just not been my experience. So before I moved to North Carolina, I, I was born and raised in, in California. And my stepfather owns a really big framing company. And so I was working for him for nine years. About that nine-year mark, I just did not see myself doing that type of work anymore. And I wanted to get into project management. At the same time, my wife was pregnant and getting ready to, you know, have our, our first born son. And I just quit. I just quit. Didn't have anything lined up, nothing ahead of me. And it was a scary time. And, you know, my family was looking at me like, what are you doing? I just, you know, as a, as a man, you want to provide, you want to be that provi providing source. But I knew something needed to change. And so I just quit to be home with my wife when we had our son. And I spent about three months just spending time with them. You know, I just, I just neglected all of society's pressures to, to be the provider. I just wanted to be home. I knew that I wanted to get into project management. I just, I just didn't have a plan. So luckily, my stepfather had a, a, a client, a general contractor, who called me and offered me a superintendent position. And so I started working for him. And this was probably the most difficult time of my life because I had to learn a completely new skill instead of just worrying about framing and cutting lumber and stacking roofs. Now I'm managing people. I'm in charge of the whole project. And I kid you not, this was extremely humbling for me because I honestly had no idea what I was doing. And while there was assistance in the company, it was mostly the old saying of figure it out. On top of that, starting a new position, a whole new type of position, that's right when COVID hit. So trade partners were disappearing, people were home, materials were harder to get, but I, I didn't know any better. I, I, so I, I'd never, I, ha I hadn't had a chance to experience a time when, you know, people would show up when they say they would or material would be there. And so there was a lot of pressure to still perform, but we could all see that the world was shut down. There was not a culture there of openness, of dialogue, of talking about, okay, there's problems in the world. How are we going to figure this out? It was mostly just, you have a schedule, you still need to perform, and you still need to get it done. And I'm, I tell you, that was extremely hard for me because I'm also learning as I'm going in the field how to you know, build a home from start to finish. And at the same time, 
it's the pandemic. So I think that caused me to have this, um, I think I naturally walk around with this like internal worry or anxiety that I've, I've gotten, I've gotten a lot better. Um, and I can talk about some of the things I've learned and it, it might've been natural, you know, as you're starting a new position, but I mean, the world totally changed. Um, but I think that's what started my whole, um, mental health journey was having my firstborn son starting a new position, COVID hits, and it's just this combination of nightmares that, and, and, and what happens is, is I, I, it, it goes internal because there's no outlets for me to express myself. I'm working all day. I'm working all night. I don't have time to exercise like Brandon was mentioning. Cause when I get home, I have a newborn son, the, the demands of the job don't just stay on the job. So I ended up internalizing and carrying this anxiety and it would come out in weird ways. It would come out in me being irritated on the weekends. It would come out with me just lashing out on little things that shouldn't matter and fights between my wife and I being resentful. I really do think it's because I had to go inward. I didn't have an outlet. I didn't have someone to talk to. And the culture of construction is very top down. It's very figure it out because I, and I understand like the people that came before me who were building, they, they, they talk about how a lot, how they had to figure it out on their own, how no one would help them. And, and so a lot of these men and, and women, and I, I, I don't want to speak for people, but I think they also, be, they, they became, they become resentful. And so they do see a need to have young people in the industry they, because they're getting older and they need help. But I think they also have this chip on their shoulder where it's like sink or swim, buddy, sink or swim. And then here, here I come and they're looking at me like, it's on you now. And so there's not really that dialogue of, hey, Ryan, how are you feeling today? I mean, there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of money involved. I mean, these are people's homes we're building. So to just kind of wrap this up, yeah, I, I internalized it in, into anxiety. And, you know, eventually we can talk about how I, um, I quit that job when my second boy was born. And that's what started the journey to leave California because, you know, of the pandemic, the fires that were happening. And I think at the same time, I became a little more confident in my position and, but I'll, I'll stop it there and we can talk about kind of the things I do to, to help with that anxiety. So for me, every day I'm learning more about who I am as a person and I'm learning that I need to have alone time. I need to have time where I can just be by myself, whether it's sitting at a table with a cup of cup of coffee or just going to a cafe and listening to music. And it really helps me to center myself. I'm the kind of person where if I'm not okay inside, I can't perform to the best of my ability for the people and the job sites and my family around me. So for me, it's probably going to evolve more into meditation, but at this moment, it's just that alone time centering myself. And another thing is I have a mental, I've, I've done some therapy. And I've developed this mental switch where when things go wrong, I used to just freak out and think it's the end of the world. But now I have this mental switch where I'm training my brain and my, my gut where the anxiety lives to, to, to realize it's going to be okay. It's not the end of the world. Problems happen and time will make everything okay. And I have the experience and resources and help around me to make this problem disappear.
there's a lot of things I'm working on and it's still evolving, but yeah, that's what I do right now. Let's talk a little bit about what you just mentioned on the culture of construction and why is the construction industry so specifically impacted by this mental health issue, whether they would like to admit it or not. Cause I think you guys, there's two camps, right? There's the camp that it's happening and they're not talking about it. They're internalizing it like Ryan just mentioned. And then there's the camp that you guys are in that are trying to, to make the change, to bring awareness, to make it more normalized. So why do you think construction is the way it is? And then how do, what do we do to change the stigma? It all starts with, you know, it's physically taxing work on your body and mentally. I think it's predominantly been populated by men in this industry for a long time. And I don't want to speak for all men, but as a man, it's, it's, it can be difficult to express yourself. It just starts with the history, like the, the generations before me, and the generation before that, it has really just been a learn as you go, learn by yourself kind of trade. And the thing about construction is that no matter how good you are or how much you try, there is going to be a problem. Something is going to arise and you have to fix it. You have to take care of it. And it doesn't really matter how you feel. So I think it's just that history. It's, it's the history of of it being populated by men, of them achieving success. So they be, they get into these positions of power. And so they, and I'm not, I don't want to place blame on everyone before me because that's not, you know, but it's the, the people in power, they control the culture. And so I think it, it's, it has to change with me. Like it has to start with me. And I have, I would add to what Ron's saying here. I got two thoughts when it comes to that. It, he mentioned the anxiety of, and the stress that comes with building someone's home. This is their shelter. This is probably the most money they've ever spent on anything. Some of them have saved all their money for this and or they're maybe moving across country. And like the impact we can have in people's lives and building homes isn't lost on this amount of stress and anxiety that comes with that. Um, even, you know, all the problems that might come, we put in a prototype together most of the time. We're taking all this stuff from all these different components and all these different vendors, manufacturers, and trying to put it together out in the elements, well, something's going to go wrong, right? But also there's just the, you add on all the other things and you just can't, can't. it's not a nine to five kind of job. If you care about this position, you're going to go home. You're going, it's going to affect um, your sleep. It's going to affect just, you know, ooh, I, I need to do that email. I've got to do that check-in with the homeowner. Or, oh, I need to let this person know that they need to show up. And all of a sudden you're losing 30 minutes, an hour with family time and connections. Well, what I'm hearing you say, and I hear Ryan say it too, is the way to break some of the stigma is community. So the larger that people, the larger community you have, or the more willing your willingness to share your story with others or provide help to others, it's really just that trait of asking for help or being the vessel that you can help others. It's just talking about it. That's the way you get it. And you connect. Yes. Um, one of the other things I've learned through all this is that peer-to-peer um, -peer is really where the difference can be. Um, you know, me and Ron have a good connection, and I'm hoping I got a good connection with all my employees. But truly, <laughs> it's more Ryan with other project managers or someone else on staff that, hey, you don't want to always go to the boss and say, hey, you know, I'm struggling with these kind of things or I need help here. Because not everyone's as willing to say that. I mean, Ryan, I think, spoke to working for people that if he went and done that the other, he had been fired, told to go figure it out, wouldn't have been loved on. Um, so that's a, that's a conversation we should have. But if, as a leader, if you can set the standard of say, Hey, 
here's some programs, here's some things that we need to put in place, but also to, to really have that peer-to-peer. -peer. One of the things we're doing at our company is when we do our project manager updates, we're asking, hey, how are you doing personally? Um, how's things going on with you? Um, and not to the point of like putting a spotlight on you, but like, hey, how, let's just do a check-in with you. Just how's things going? There might be some really good things we all want to hear about. Like, you know, Ryan's got two little boys. I want to hear something cool there. But there's also things going on in all of our lives. And that builds community, builds relationship. It, it ain't as simple as just saying community and relationship, but it is just as simple as saying relationship, community. And it is sharing stories because everyone loves a story. Everything that you read from the movies we go watch, the comic books I read as a kid, the Bible to any great novel, it's a story. And it, it gets a point across, but we love stories. And if you share a story, all of a sudden someone else is going to share a story, or you'll at least be seen as someone that can be reached out to to share a story. Back to the community and the relationships. Katie, you just wrap up stuff so well. Like I can talk <laughs> for five minutes and you can say it. Well, speaking of wrap up, we're going to kind of... Um end with these last two questions. They're probably the biggest ones of the day, but, and the, probably the most impactful, but I think it's, it would be remiss if we didn't leave with tips and tricks and things that you guys have personally done. So I'm going to start with you, Brandon, um, from a leader of people, managing people, what advice would you give to someone looking to make mental health awareness, the focus or more of a focus in their organization? I think you have to, first of all, as, as a leader, you've got to be sure that you're willing to do this. Um, I don't have the answers. And if someone came to me with something, maybe I have some resources. But a lot of times it's just being able to listen. But I think you have to be willing to share it first before you ask other people to share. And I, I've met people that are just not, not everybody's ready to share their story or whatever's going on in their life. Or maybe they're not even self-aware that they even have like the mental health a lot of people isn't something that you know i didn't grow up talking about mental health i don't you know like i don't know that a lot of people even know what that means and i don't know if we need to help define that but um i think as a leader we've got to kind of we see it happening more in culture i was watching ted lasso and it was interesting that mental health is even in that show and he has a breakdown as a coach and he addresses it but it comes taboo and and oh you've got this oh you know you can't be a great leader or, oh you just need to suck it up so as a leader you got to be prepared for some of that right like when I went through trying to prepare to tell the story with NHB there was days that I ended up showing up to our meeting and said I don't have it today I can't do it and people were very compassionate to me but I was fearful to tell a story that's recorded to share out to the world once it hits the internet it, I, you don't bring it back so I thought what can I, how can I protect the people around me? And like, how will people use this against me? Like those were fears of mine. People can say, well, you know, Brandon, they don't have it together. Um, Brandon has these issues. He has suicidal thoughts. He's been in this. So you have to be ready as a leader to do it. And I think that's the first thing. Um, maybe even find some other business leaders that are willing to share and talk about it. The next thing is really having that culture of sharing and, and awareness of mental health. There's a ton of resources out there. So now shift to the employee perspective. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give to someone that wants to be a part of a company that has more focus on mental health? Or how does someone that is maybe in that role that doesn't think their leadership is focused on it, what can they do to sort of bring that to light? I think you guys referenced this before sort of managing up. Yeah, I think it starts with the conversation. I, I just want to say, you know, as, as a project manager, um, you do have responsibilities 
you do have to perform. It's, it's part of our job. We know what we're getting into, but I think you have to speak up for yourself. You have to talk. And it actually, it might get to a point if you want to be part of a culture that's open where you might have to leave. You might, you might have to take that step out and go search, search for something new. And I think that could be, that might be the strongest message that, that companies um, might start getting. Like, like, like my story, I, I had to just, I had to just walk away and, and go out and see what God had planned. So yeah, it, it, so, sometimes it's not easy to find where you want to be, but it's worth it if you can make it happen. Thanks to both Brandon and Ryan for sharing their stories. And we hope this will encourage you to be more open about your mental health in your workplace. Building Progress is a podcast from Builders Mutual. We're dedicated to protecting the construction industry through a wide range of commercial insurance products. At Builders Mutual, we have a passion for education, safety, and progress. We're excited to share our expertise with our listeners. For more information, visit buildersmutual.com.